It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are talking to Imani Gandhi, one of the only people whose opinions we want to hear about what happened yesterday at the Supreme Court. She's a reproductive activist and a lawyer. Amani, thank you so much for being with us today. And also thank you for tweeting me personally through yesterday on, on <laughs> Rewire News. It was, uh, it, was, it was very, very helpful to have that terrible day filtered through you already. <laughs> and now we're gonna, we're gonna do it again. Um, well, thanks, so how for, you thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> freaking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> great. I mean, great. one of the things about about this is as somebody who covers this so closely, I mean, this was, yeah, everybody knows this was, ha- was going to happen, right? Everybody saw this coming. This was telegraphed forever and ever for the last 50 years. I mean, talk about, just to start, um, what led up to this? I mean, this was not, it's not like this is so surprising that Amy Coney Barrett would have such a ridiculous position and ask such ridiculous questions. And in this context, this is, this is why they are on the court. This is what the goal was. This is what they've been planning. Yeah. I mean, they've been planning the, the anti-choice movement. I got to hand it to them. They have been lockstep and they have been very organized for 48 years. You know, as soon as the Roe v. Wade was decided, and you know the very that very year there was a personhood amendment introduced in congress right so we're talking from 1973 on there has been a concerted effort to strip women and pregnant people of their bodily autonomy to turn them into vessels essentially for capitalist hetero you know heterosexual capitalist patriarchy and you know for some whatever the reason is i i feel like i have tried for a decade to get mm-hmm. liberals, progressives, leftists, communists, socialists, all of these, you know, left of center people to care about abortion rights and to care about reproductive rights and justice. And I feel like I failed <laughs> in doing that. I mean, obviously it's not my fault. You know, I'm one person. Jess and I are two people who are trying right. to, you know, bring the law to the people. Right. And it's just, you know, there's only so much we can do. But um, it's really distressing. And I find it even more distressing that as I'm checking the Twitter feeds of people who generally should care about this stuff, they're silent. So many people have been relatively silent on this issue. And that just speaks to the ways in which the left and progressives, like the right, will throw women and pregnant people under the bus if it gets them something else that they find more desirable. And that's Mm. just the world we live in. But what do we what like what do progressive men get out of ignoring this issue? Like what what they, is they get nothing. They get nothing. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 this is if you want to talk about how many men have owe their careers to their mm-hmm. college girlfriend getting an abortion. Right. Yep. Or who owe their careers to their wife getting an abortion because they can't afford another child. And the wife is I mean, it's just. It's just the abortion debate cannot be separated from a general discussion about gender roles, right? It is assumed that women are supposed to have this maternal instinct and that by getting an abortion, we're somehow divorcing ourselves from our God-given purpose on this earth. And that is to bear children and to have children. And for white women specifically, 
Because let's mm-hmm. not forget that all of this abortion, you know, brouhaha is because white people are afraid they're being replaced. Right. right. Yeah, can you unpack theme. that for people? Because we say like abortion bans are rooted in white supremacy, but we don't always explain what that means. Can you can you unpack that for people this morning? Well, I mean, setting aside the fact that the abortion movement was built on the backs of <laughs> desegregation. Right. I mean, yep, they yep. needed another issue in order to divide people. And they lost the civil rights battle. I mean, we know that they didn't lose the civil rights battle, but in their minds, by by desegregation and things like affirmative action and all of these these civil rights measures that were intended to bring back some bring about some measure of equality between black and white people, all of those sorts sort of programs benefited primarily white people. And then once they, they benefited primarily white people enough, white people decided, well, we want out. We don't want any more of this equality. And they needed some some issue. They needed a wedge issue to rally people around. And they were able to rally people around abortion. And particularly in, you know, if you think about what the, the language and the rhetoric in the 20, of the 2010s, right? When, I mean, obviously immigration has always been a huge issue, but it felt like, in 2010, that issue became, it sort of swamped a lot of other issues with respect to, you know, brown women bringing in their their quote unquote anchor babies, right? I mean, we had this huge push yep. to sort of end birthright citizenship because of the fear that too many brown people are coming in here and procreating, right? They're coming in here pregnant, they're bringing in their anchor babies pregnant, then their anchor babies are just increasing the brown population, right? I mean, we know that in the next 20 to 30 years, the, the, the non-white Latino population is gonna dwarf all other populations. White folks know this. They see the mm-hmm. writing on the wall. They read the, the, the articles and the statistics about the low birth rates that are, that, that are, that are happening for myriad reasons. But in their mind, they are losing power. They are losing their, their stranglehold on society. And they're concerned about you know this replacement theory. You hear about Tucker Carlson and these other numpties on Fox News constantly stressing out about about we won't be replaced. They're afraid of Jews replacing, you know, white fo- Aryan white folks. They're afraid of black and brown and 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 Latinx people replacing white folks. And so that's what this is all about. They and the really diabolical thing about what they do is that they couch their their assaults on reproductive freedom as concern for black women. Right? They're always very concerned. Mm-hmm about the high abortion rate in the black community. And they're very concerned about abortion providers targeting black and brown people for abortion care. They are very concerned about, you know, Margaret Sanger having developed Planned Parenthood with the specific intent of using abortion (laughs) and birth control to eradicate the black population, which is 100% not true, but these are the things they believe. And so they act politically on these false beliefs. And then those false beliefs end up hurting the rest of us. So they pretend to care about the abortion rate in the black community. And they talk about, you know, I don't know if you recall those billboards that went up in certain um, Southern states, Southern communities in the early 2010s, talking about how the the most dangerous dangerous place place. for a black child is is in the womb. I mean, the way in which they're able to make it seem as if black women have no agency over their own body and that they're somehow participating in some genocide of their own people. And then this is the prevailing narrative among the anti-choice community. It's bizarre. I mean, it's truly, truly bizarre. So it's, you know, you cannot separate what's going on with the, 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 the grip that capitalism and patriarchy and white supremacy has on this country. And anyone who tries to tell you, any anti-choicer, quote, quote unquote, pro-lifer, who tries to tell you that they're really concerned about 
the abortion rate in the black community. They're not. Because what they want you to believe is that they're really upset that there aren't more black babies being born. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's what they want you to believe. And even just saying it and framing it that way, you know that they are not telling the truth. You know that <laughs> right. that's a lie. There's no way that these white Christian, Christian evangelicals want more black babies being born. They're, they don't, they're passing these restrictions and these laws on the backs of black women, using us as sort of rhetorical tools, weaponizing us in their fight for reproductive terrorism and lying to people in the process. We know better, but here we are. One of the, one of the points um, we didn't even bring up that I saw and I just remembered from yesterday um about amy coney barrett because i kind of want to go into what she said about you know you just drop up you know the bob the baby just drops out and you just take it to the fire station um right. <laughs> uh is is sort of the it is just sort of the let's like think about it in very practical terms when was the last time you heard childbirth being free oh <laughs> when was the last time you heard somebody say oh yeah when i had that baby that bill was free. That that was a yeah. free bill. No bill yeah. came after. It was totally a free experience for me um, right. from beginning to end throughout the nine months, including the childbirth and hospital stay. Because, mm -hmm. um, you know, the baby, in, I guess in Amy Coney Barrett's mind, because the, the, the whole image of somebody dropping off of the fire station, you're not picturing that person coming from the hospital doing that. No. You're picturing... The, the the girl who you you just the baby just dropped out in the alley or whatever right the girl right, who thought right. she was gaining weight and the baby popped out while she was you know at home in her big sweatshirt in the lifetime movie like she has a caricature yeah, in her it was brain a I mean, baby <laughs> yeah yeah whoops it just fell out um so so talk about just the fact that many of the i mean full stop the belief that you know life begins at um what do they say? Life begins at a conception, conception and yeah. as soon as as soon as the sperm and it, you know meets up, that that's life. You know, um, even even though that is based on their religious belief, mm -hmm. because it's not science, so it's not fact. No, it's, not. it's their belief. Like, talk about the fact that number one, it's their whole argument is the foundation of it is antithetical to the Constitution, and number yeah. two that it's also in a world that we don't live in. Like, I don't know when the last time people had kids and it wasn't very expensive, whether you took care of the kids or not, whether you gave them up for adoption or not, because the last time I checked, childbirth was not free in the hospital. I don't know what planet Amy Coney Barrett is on, but it's not <laughs> the one I'm living on. Right, not only is it not free, I mean, and you raise a good point that, that I haven't even really focused on when I talk about how absurd it is that Amy Coney Barrett was banging on about safe haven laws, because you're absolutely right. Childbirth is expensive. It's expensive. Hospital stays are expensive. We don't have universal health care in this country. So, you know, so I don't understand how people like Amy Coney Barrett think that a pregnant person is supposed to just have a whoopsie baby, drop it off at the firehouse as if we're living in the, you know, in the 19th century or something. That's right. just not how the way it works. Secondly, you know, abortion is a human right. It's a fundamental mm -hmm. right. From listening to the, to, to the conservatives on the court yesterday, you would think that the Ninth Amendment doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. The Ninth Amendment it, the ninth, I mean, James Madison, the, the Ninth Amendment was written by James Madison and folks like James Madison because they were horrified at the idea that some jackasses at some point in the future, say 2021, would look at this document from 1770 whatever and think, you know what, these are all of the rights 
that the new, that the people who are living in this new great nation that we're founding, these are all the rights that people have. These rights that we're writing down. If you can't find the word abortion in the constitution, then it doesn't exist. If you can't find the words same sex marriage or marriage at all in the constitution, right? Because marriage is a substantive due process, right? And conservatives don't think substantive due process. These are the rights that relate to family, how you form families, how you relate to one another, abortion, contraception, same-sex marriage, interracial marriage, adoption, those sorts of things. Conservatives don't think those rights even exist, even though their predecessors on the court that located those rights in the in the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. So, but so the problem is, is that the conservatives read the Constitution the way they want to. They pick and choose mm -hmm. what they yep. want to read. And so when Terrence Thomas sits up there and says, acts like he's, you know, like a caveman lawyer from that old Saturday Night Live skit, I abortion, what's abortion? I don't need, where is it located? <laughs> How do I find it? Can you point to me in the constitution where it says abortion? I know what the second amendment is. I know what the fourth amendment is, but abortion, that's weird. I mean, it's, it's such bad faith because, it, because the bottom line, and actually Sonia Sotomayor pointed this out. There are people who differ who have a diversity of views on a lot of things that are in the constitution. That's why we have a Supreme Court, right? Mm -hmm. To pick it, to, to sort of, to pick and choose out of the disparate views, which ones hew more closely to the, either the constitution, to the, to the precepts that the constitution, that the people who founded constitution wanted to put out there or the words themselves. If the words aren't in there, the conservatives think that it doesn't exist, but that's what the ninth amendment is for. It retains rights to the people that aren't listed in the bill of rights. Yeah, that's all rights. That, that's all fundamental rights, all human rights that aren't specifically listed. They are retained by the people. So this idea that I don't know what abortion is and and, and how, where does it come from? How is abortion made? It's absurd. It's a component of liberty. Right. It's a, Stephen Breyer right. was banging on about this. He was so upset. He was like, will you please read these 15 pages in Casey? Because they laid it out. <laughs> already laid it all out. You know, Stephen right. Breyer loves to give homework. He's like, he was just like, read these 15 pages. I half expected him to stop the hearing to force everyone <laughs> to read those 15 pages because people like Brett Kavanaugh were saying really wild things that, that either he's never read Casey before, which is not true, That's or he not just true. doesn't care, right? They just don't care what justices before them have said. They seem to think that they could just make up new laws as they go. They are legislating from the bench. Conservatives love to accuse liberals on the court of legislating from the bench, that the, the right to abortion was judicially created and that liberals on the court have for nearly 50 years carved out special rules for the right to abortion. And it, that's just not the case. There are fundamental rights that you and I retain irrespective of what a bunch of white dudes write in a document. Listen. <laughs> I mean, this is we we were having this funny conversation earlier in the week. I mean, I always go on the I'm not an originalist rant, you know. Yeah, and if yeah. you are, I'm judging you because I don't think yeah. you realize what you're saying. I'm black. I'm a black woman. So, or you like do, my response, what well, or you do, or you do, and right. I'm judging. Right. But like, I'm always people are like, I'm an originalist, so I always say I'm not. I'm a black woman, and then I stop talking, <laughs> right? Because right. that's my whole right. reason. <laughs> Um, and then you're there was no such thing as like black women back then. Like, we weren't people. Women we were, were people. Property, and black women specifically. Like we, specifically. we were subhuman. They viewed us. They still do, quite frankly. Yeah. But, you know, subhuman. 
So, yeah. which is why I get so irate when I hear, you know, these anti-choices on, my, on Twitter talking about, oh, Black genocide and Black people, Black women have the highest abortion rate. If you actually cared about the abortion rate in the Black community, you would be for contraception, you would be for universal health care, you would be for sex-based, for evidence-based sex education. Like all of these things that are proven to reduce abortion rates, these people don't want it because they want to use us as a weapon, right? They want right. to use us as a cudgel. And if we're actually taking control of our own lives and they can't use, oh, those hapless, stupid black women who are unwittingly participating in a genocide of their own people because they're too dumb to know what's good for them. Right. Meanwhile, right. never mind that for hundreds and hundreds of years in this country, black women took their own reproduction into their own hands because they had to. Right. Because they were living in a system that said any child, children that are born to you aren't yours. They're right. the property of the state. They're the property of white supremacy. And we are going to sell them down to whatever plantation, to whatever far-flung territory or state, because we can. Because you're not a person and you don't have control over your own body. The idea that people who were subject to this for hundreds of years, like there are more Black women that were subject to that rubric than are living in modern times, like you and me, Zerlina, right? right? The, right. the idea that there are all of these Black women who had to live through this horrible, horrible circumstance and literally kill their babies at some points. You know, they talk about infanticide and abortion is infanticide. There were Black women who literally killed their own children as an act of mercy, right? Yeah. And so they're yeah, trying to tell see themselves. us. Right. Rather than see them sold, they're trying to tell us the the, the 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 descendants of those people that we're too stupid to know what's going on with our own bodies. Yeah. I just listen. I can't. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 This is this That's is an I can't moment. That's exactly yep. what it is. This yeah. is this is like yeah. a nope nope. I'm just sputtering to a halt. Okay, so yeah. obviously, obviously, we're not going to ask you to like crystal ball what happens with the court. Uh, oh, but I can, I can look- do that for you. Then, then go, <laughs> then go ahead. What do you, what do you think happens? In, is it? Do you think it happens in June? And what do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, going into yesterday, I, I was talking to Jess, uh, Jessica Mason Piclo, my colleague and work wife. Boom um, Lawyered is the podcast. It is amazing. Boom right. Lawyered is the podcast. <laughs> and I was talking to her because I had been reading some briefs from some civil procedure professors talking about the way that the case made it to the court, right? Mm. Because Mississippi, in its petition for cert, asked the court to determine whether its 15-week ban was constitutional under current law. So that means Mississippi asked the court to look at its law and say, under Roe and Casey, is this ban constitutional? The answer to that question is categorically no, it's not. The Supreme Court says, all right, fine, we'll take the case. You know, I flipped out when that happened because frankly, Mm -hmm. there was no reason for the court to have taken the case. There's no circuit court of appeal that has ever upheld one of these gestational bans, right? Okay, great. So, you know, the the, the court takes this case and then Mississippi says, actually, we don't want to have you analyze this law under current law and analyze this ban under current law. What we want is for you to just go ahead and overturn Roe and Casey. And you can't do that. As a matter of Supreme Court procedure, if you are a litigant before the Supreme Court yeah, and you want the right. Supreme Court to overturn precedent, you have to ask them in your cert petition, we, the state of Mississippi, want you to take another look at Roe and Casey and determine if it's still you know, valuable law or viable law. That's not what Mississippi did. But if mm-hmm. Mississippi had done that, then the Center for Reproductive Rights on behalf of the Pink House, Jackson Women's Health Clinic, would have come back with robust briefing about why it is abortion is so important to women. We're talking social scientists and we're talking you know, earth scientists and we're talking all kinds of people who would have been involved in this conversation, this robust conversation about the value of abortion in American society. But we didn't get that. 
because that's not what Mississippi asked for. So essentially, you know, Jackson Women's Health Organization and their attorneys were basically sandbagged. And you don't do that because the court is supposed to be an open process and we're supposed to air out all of the viewpoints Then the court's supposed to take that into account and issue a ruling. So the fact that the court even let this hearing go forward the way that it did is completely bonkers. And the fact that they did do that, the way that they were talking about, well, you know, is Casey even really precedent? That's what Roberts is saying, right? Is mm -hmm. Casey even really precedent? Is Roe precedent? Because I don't know, the viability standard was really just dicta. So is it really a holding that, we're, that we are beholden to? I mean, these are the level of questions that were asked, which indicates to me that no, they are not going to wait for a proper case to come up on the merits. That proper case is lingering right now. It's already in the Supreme Court. It's the Texas case, Home right. Women's Health versus Jackson. You know, that's the case that the Supreme Court could have said, all right, we're doing this thing, right? We're gonna hear, right. we're gonna hear briefing on, we're gonna hear or arguments and we're gonna read briefing on Rowan Casey. Is it good? Is it bad? Why, why not? That's what we should have had. We didn't have that. So yep. I figured the court would want to maintain its legitimacy, right? And at mm -hmm. least wait a year to hear the case on the merits. But no, I mean, from the, from the tenor of the arguments, it is clear to me that this court is gonna overturn Rowan Casey June of next year, right? Because it's the end of the term. It's a big abortion case. They always issue these decisions on basically the last day. So I looked at the calendar. It's going to be June 24th, probably. And Roe versus Wade is just done. It's done. And what's going to happen is 11 states are immediately, abortion will be criminalized immediately in 11 states because there are 11 states that have trigger bans that say when Roe versus Wade is overturned, abortion is out. And, you know, we're going to get a lot of states that are going to call in special legislative sessions in summer of 2022, because a lot of legislators are no longer in session at that point, but they're going to call, come back into session so that they can pass abortion restrictions or just criminalize abortion. One law is all it takes. Roe v. Wade was overturned, therefore abortion is no longer legal in the state. Boom, that's it. Doesn't even take that long. Um, yep. And so I think by my count, there are 26 states yep. by probably yes. this time next, this time next year. Wait, what are we in November? Yeah, by this time next year, abortion is going to be criminalized in probably half the states. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, in order to keep following this, you're going to go to Rewire News Group where Imani and Jess do their work. You're going to listen to Boom Lawyered. You're going to read Angry Black Lady Chronicles. Um, Imani, I'm glad that you do this work. I'm sorry that you do this work. Um, it's going to be a rough year, but we are grateful yep. to you every day. And thank you so much for coming on this morning. Thank, Thank you for having me. Thanks. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>